February 5th, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. We will get to Dwayne Long here in one quick second. I want to do some house cleaning. I know there has been some issue with the iTunes downloading the podcast. We are in the process of moving where we store the podcast to a better system, one that will allow us to provide the podcast, not just on iTunes, but every other podcast app you have, Stitcher and the like. That's coming up. It should be in the next day or so. That should be fixed this morning, so hopefully you're listening to it on that. If you have that function, if not, please contact me. Send me a direct message on the site. Also yesterday, I hope you were around. We had a great day and introduced the newest member of the Bucknuts family, Joshua Perry. Yes, that one, the former captain, Los Angeles Charger, national champion. His first podcast went up yesterday afternoon. It will post every Monday at 2 p.m. He's got a premium Q&A coming up later this week, but he's also going to be around on the front row, ready to check your stuff and get involved. So make sure you check out Joshua Perry. Had a chance to sit down with him for a long period of time before he joined the group. And, you know, we haven't had a lot of athletes on staff here, but Joshua is the exception. He is something special. So we hope that relationship is one that lasts for a very long time. Speaking of which, a relationship we've had for a very long time, the longest, that is Dwayne Long. Dwayne, how are you this fine morning? Oh, I'm in good spirits. It's close to National Signing Day. It's not the th- the thing that it used to be. Neither one of us was sleeping uh, uh, leading up to National Signing Day a couple of years ago. But, uh, you know, we're we're about to finish off the class, and i got some excitement about that. Yeah, the, this calendar definitely has changed with the introduction of the early, earlier signing. And uh, most of the big names are off the board, and Dwayne's right. This would be a very stressful time around Bucknuts back in the day or even as recently as a couple of years ago just because they'd be going down to the wire with several names. That's not really the case now. There are some on the docket. We could talk briefly about that, I guess, since in fact that some of it's kind of covered ground. We do not expect Doug Nestor to be a Buckeye. The expectation now is he will choose Virginia Cup. I have to say that I didn't think it would be Virginia Tech for much of this uh, recruitment down the stretch here. I did think it would be Penn State. But I did not think it would be Ohio State. What do you make of the loss of Doug Nestor? Well, you know, um, for as long as I've been involved with uh, Buck Nuts, I've pretty much had the attitude that uh, I don't get really excited about uh, a guard and I don't get too bothered by one when we lose them. Uh, I've always been a recruit tackles and moving the guard kind of guy. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of coaches out there prescribe to that theory. Uh, tackles can play guard. Very few guards can kick out and help you out at tackle. It's just, they're just better athletes, tackles are. And, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I guess I'm just not worried about this so much as far as from a talent perspective. Yes, he's good. He's a good guard. Uh, but the thing is, numbers, Dan, we've got 12 offensive linemen on this team. And if you get under 15, you've got to start saying, wait a minute, we're, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's try to get some walk-ons in here or something. Just something to fill out the roster. Uh, try to get as close to 18 as possible. Well, that's the one big thing with, uh, with Nestor is we needed that body. So, uh, disappointing in that respect that uh, he's going to be going somewhere else. 
Ohio State is not an easy place to play football. If you don't want to be there and your heart is not in it, you will not thrive. So hopefully he finds some salvation in Blacksburg. Speaking of someone who wants to be somewhere and somewhere where we want him to be, Columbus area native Jack Sawyer. I think he could make a very strong argument. He's the best high school football player playing in the state of Ohio. Has verbally committed to Ohio State. He's class of 2021, which means he's a sophomore. Uh, he was one of the best defensive ends in the state. Believe it or not, you could make an argument he's the best power forward playing basketball in the state right now. Yes, I realize he's a sophomore. I talked to a scout, the basketball scout at a recent tournament, said he's the most productive on-court sophomore in the state. You could make the same argument for football. Just an unbelievable commitment. Now, here's what's interesting, and I hope you can address this. There was some worry that he was leaning Michigan, and then Al Washington was hired, and their worry was gone. So good hire there. What is your impression of the addition of Jack Sawyer and the inevitable Bosa comparisons? Well, he's, he's just uh, this kid. I mean, I could not believe what I was seeing the first time I saw him on film. I said, cause, and because that was freshman film. When I first saw him, he's a freshman, and I said, "This kid, he he might be the best defensive end in the state." Then, I mean, he was just that good. He's a big kid, great body on him. I mean, he's a, so athletic. I'm not surprised he's a good basketball player. It sounds like he might be a great basketball player. Uh, this is a huge get. It's bigger than Zach Harrison. I've been saying this on the message board. I've been saying for six months that he was, he's a better football player. He's almost as good an athlete as Zach Harrison, and he's a better football player. I talked to one local coach who played against both, his team played against both, and he said Zach Harrison didn't really have an impact on the game. But uh, Sawyer was so disruptive, they had to change their offensive game plan to deal with him. He was just all over the place. Ran at him, that didn't work. Ran away from him, that didn't work. They had to change their blocking scheme to deal with Zach, to deal with uh, Sawyer. As far as uh, uh, I thought, Michigan was. You know, people were talking about Penn State, and I said, "No, nah, that's not what. That's not the vibe that I'm getting." Uh, Michigan is the is the one challenge out there, and uh, Washington. It sounds like that was that was it. That sealed the deal. He's getting uh, the coach that he really got tight with up there that had him looking harder at Michigan. He's now at Ohio State. So this is a huge gift. This kid, I'm telling you, he's one of those that, you know, he comes out of that Bosa mold that just that kid that's just going to have an impact. You just know he is. Yeah, huge gift for us. He's He's a great athlete. I mean, he's great. Not to mention, he's class of 2021. And this does not mean you stop recruiting him. Obviously, I'm hoping he'll be a fixture around the the WAC, et cetera. But you don't have to deploy now the amount of resources you would have to recruit him, and those resources can be deployed elsewhere. He can help recruit. So it's an enormous get. Like I said, I mean, there's not enough hyperbole in terms of saying how good he is. Um, Obviously, he has not proven it on the college field yet, but. I kind of wish he could come next year. I'm not even kidding about that. Speaking of a guy we hope could come next year or this year, that's Jonah Jackson, the graduate transfer from Rutgers. Ohio State is all in on him. He was here this past weekend. 
They tried to get him to stay. He did take a, he did leave. When I say tried to get him to stay, meaning they tried to get a commitment from him and cancel the rest of his visits, but he did have a prearranged one to Oklahoma that he is taking. My understanding is he's basically been promised uh, left guard or center if he comes. What is your vibe on Jonah Jackson? Um, do you think they should be as all in as they are? Yeah, uh, you, when you consider that, uh, you know, you mentioned this before the show, which is something I did not know, that Oklahoma, and I knew about the Oklahoma visit, I didn't know Alabama was also pushing hard for him. Uh, so this kid obviously can play. Uh, we, you know, we graduated our center. That makes me, uh, or well, he went early. Uh, uh, Michael Jordan did. The The one thing that is bothering me about it, I have to say, is I thought we were going to have, uh, I thought we were set at center with uh, with Josh Myers and uh, Matthew Jones. It, it makes me wonder, are we really, are these guys ready to play? If, uh, if they're not, well, okay, but it's just disappointing that we're having to bring in a, a guy. But here's another thing to think about, and a more positive note, uh, Dan, is maybe Ryan Day thinks, I got a few parts that if I, if I could uh, plug somebody in there, I think we can make a run right away, just his very first year. And, you know, getting a veteran center like that, and one that uh, Alabama and Oklahoma really want. That says something. So maybe maybe Ryan Day's got it in his mind that uh, you know uh, going with a younger guy, yeah, they they got the skills, but uh, they don't have the experience. If I can get an experienced guy in there, uh, we uh, we could be even more ready to make a run than uh, than if we had a younger guy in there. I think it'd be better off if he comes in at left guard, personally. I like the lineup to have at center. I prefer to go with Josh Myers there just in terms of getting him set for the future at center. But if they don't if they don't think so, and the guy's really good enough to come in and beat everybody out, I still say take him, especially given the fact the numbers you, you alluded to earlier, they just don't have enough good offensive linemen on the team. Speaking of which, another guy they're looking at, Georgia Tech's Parker Braun. Maybe not as highly thought of as Jonah Jackson, but still out there on the market. Did you get a chance to look at him, or what do you think? Well, I, you know, I look at that, and anytime I'm looking at film of a lineman, I want to see some pass blocking. A a guy that really is a good example of why it's important to, you know, see some of that. That the kid actually has had some bit of work as a pass blocker. Look at Josh Myers. Josh Myers, that's why he has not been playing more. He's just so behind the curve on pass blocking, and uh, he's just not there yet, uh, which is, you know, another reason why we're, we're, we're looking at bringing in a grad transfer. Uh, and you look at Georgia Tech, and I look at it, and he's a good run, run blocker, and we need body, so we got to take him. But uh, this guy is so far behind as far as, uh, pass blocking, getting ready to be a guy that can uh, work in an offense like Ohio State. So uh, if we didn't have need just to get some bodies in here, I would say pass on him. Uh, but we, we, we just can't right now. We, we just we got to have it. Ironically, he's going to go through the same issues that uh, Josh Myers went through in his transition from Miami's to Ohio State, given their 
I don't want to say antiquated, but say old school run based offense. So as you look at it here, Dwayne, let's say everything works out towards Ohio State satisfaction. What would be your ideal offensive line for 2019 going left to right, starting with left tackle? Well, uh, Thayer Mumford is a guy that uh, he's got – he's just looking like a, a future first-rounder, hopefully two years from now rather than one. Uh, he's going to be our left tackle. Love the toughness that kid showed. He he had a couple of injuries. He fought through them, got on the field. So uh, I really love that kid. At left guard, I would have uh, Josh Myers. Uh, the one thing the kid can do is he is a true and true road grader. He will move people. Uh, at center, uh, Jackson, hopefully that he's the guy. Uh, we get him in here and, and stick him in there. At right guard, Wyatt Davis, I thought Wyatt Davis played really good when he when he got in there for Knox. Uh, we didn't see him getting knocked back like we saw Knox. He was uh, he was moving people. I really like what we saw out of him. I'm optimistic about him. And a right tackle, the most underrated lineman we've had for a few years is is a lobby. A lobby has played well whenever he's been uh, given an opportunity to play. Uh, I stick him right in there. I think he's going to pick right up. Uh, I go back to the. Uh, uh, Minnesota game where uh, we saw Prince getting just taken apart, and there was a. I'm trying to remember the linebacker's name. He was he was just killing him with speed rush, uh, and the big flop him over Mumford went out in that game, and they moved the lobby into left tackle. He never beat a lobby. He never beat him once. So I'm I'm very confident that the lobby is just going to pick right up, and I think we'll be even better on the uh, at right tackle with him. That would be the guys that I think are going to be the start of time. It's interesting. I could see them flipping Myers and Jackson. And on the right side, I do wonder what they're going to do with Brandon Bowen if he comes back totally healthy. But the way you stated, I think, would be the best-case scenario. I was also a huge fan of Wyatt Davis and Joshua Allaby, like you said. If you're grading him just on performance and not kind of name recognition, you'd have graded out quite well. We hope the show graded out quite well, and we hope your listening difficulties have been cleared up. If you have any issues, like I said, Buck Brothers, please contact me via direct message. Have a good one.